United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explores podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and around the globe. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Seminary Explores. My name is Nelson Strobert, and today my guest is Dr. Quentin Robertson, who is the director of the Urban Theological Institute uh, of the uh, United Lutheran uh, Seminary. Uh, and um, we, we're having a, a special uh, conversation in that uh, we're going to be talking about, at least part of our conversation, about the 40th anniversary of this institute. Welcome to the Seminary Explores. Dr. Robertson. Thank you. Um, my first question uh, to you um, is um, to describe uh, or to ask, what is the Urban Theological Institute and where did it begin and when did it begin? So it's, it's funny that you ask the question that way instead of what is the UTI. And, and you hear me smiling over here because uh, our acronym is UTI, so most people will say, what is the UTI? Right. And, and you laugh because you say, well, no, it's not the track infection, no. It's actually the <laughs> Urban Theological Institute. But you said what it is. So, uh, But with that in mind, um, we uh, were founded 1980. Literally, Urban Theological Institute, two men came together. And I want to say, from what I saw in our history, and speaking to the last founder who died uh, two years ago um, in 1978. Um, they are the late Dr. Randolph Jones and the late Dr. Uh, or now became Bishop before he died a few years, Bishop um, um, Andrew Willis. And um, Randall Jones was ordained in the United Methodist Church and um, Bishop Willis is ordained in Church of God in Christ. And they um, created a, um, or wanted to create a program where ministers who were already ordained in denominations that ordained without seminary education, persons already practicing ministry, like most, most some of them pastors already, but they did want to get the seminary education, um, but because of their jobs, they most likely were at small churches, so that meant they had a nine to five and the church. Right. Um, and seminary back then, <laughs> at least in 1980s still, and even in the 90s, it really didn't change after the 2000s, was mostly a daytime experience. You had to quit your job and go to school full time. Right. There really no evening weekend. So they came together with trying to form an evening weekend program. And they went to several seminaries in the area. Even up in New York, trying to get something like, hey, get a satellite here in Philadelphia. Right. Oh, okay. Well, different schools turned them down. But our predecessor institution, Lutheran Theological Seminary of Philadelphia, said yes to them. And so the reason it became an institute is because it literally was an institute at the seminary that was held on the weekends and evenings. So there were evening classes and weekend classes for students to actually earn at first their MA and then their MDiv. Um, and there were the regular professors from the seminary and some adjuncts they found along the way who would teach these extra classes. Um, that's the history. And if I go any further, then I'll start talking about how we grew over the last 40 years. So I'll leave the history there. 
Um, but it has blossomed from being just the evening weekend to a totally integrated part of the seminary. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I'm sure we'll in our discussion we will we'll get to uh, additional background uh, in that in that history. Um, um, uh, I uh, this is your 40th anniversary year, and um, I would like to ask, uh, how did you um, celebrate the, uh, uh, this anniversary? Well, of course, <laughs> the pandemic this year. So let me back up and first say that we were in the middle of preaching with power in March last year when the pandemic um, became the public announcement. Uh, uh, what so is literally, <laughs> so preaching with power is something that Urban Theological Institute sponsors every year. Oh, okay. And um, um, we um, have done that since 1982. So the program started the seminary in 1980, and then the event called Preaching with Power started in 82. Oh, okay. Um, so that means last year we were at our 38th anniversary for Preaching with Power and the 40th anniversary of the Institute. Um, so we did everything online. So ironically, we used to do everything in person, meeting at local congregations. Right. The 40th anniversary was scheduled, and it stayed on schedule with the date for September. Uh, and it was um, scheduled to be in the daytime on that Tuesday. Um, and let me look at my calendar and tell you what actual date was while we're talking. Uh -huh. But it was going to be a lecture on that Tuesday on campus and a sermon that Tuesday evening um, in the chapel, and it would have been September the 22nd. Uh, okay. uh, yeah, and um, we ended up realizing we could not meet, so the lecture still took place on the 22nd, mm -hmm. uh, and it was virtual. The speaker was the Reverend Dr. Howard John Wesley, pastor of the historic Alfred Street Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Oh, yes. However, instead of having that Tuesday evening be the sermon, we put them on Wednesday evening because we thought spreading it out would be wonderful. And it, it worked out well because the alumni of the United Lutheran Seminary usually will have an alumni meeting or annual gathering in Philadelphia in the fall and in the spring in Gettysburg. So they've always, well, I shouldn't say always, they have partnered with us, even on the LTSP the last few years, maybe the last three or four years, where when the UTI annual lecture took place, the alumni will also have their event the next two days. Oh, okay. So, our, so we were not in charge of chapel, but since it was an alumni event where the alumni were gathering already for virtual chapel again, we asked for permission to have an alumnus of the UTI who happens to be the first elected African-American female bishop in ELCA, who's a graduate of the seminary through the UTI program, the Bishop Patricia Davenport. So that's how we celebrate it. Wow. So Tuesday okay. lecture with Dr. Wesley, Wednesday chapel with Bishop Davenport, and then Wednesday evening we had him preach. And then we closed it on that Friday, the 25th, with a piano concert. Uh, with Scott O. Cumberbatch, about 40 minutes of piano music, sacred music. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful. And, and, and I was excited because, um, and I say this on the podcast, I was shooting for like $40,000. Right. And I landed somewhere around 35000 And I have to admit, I thought that was good considering that 
we had never done this where everything was online. This was always face-to-face. We yeah, would go right, to a exactly. church. You see people, you have a few hundred people sitting out there. You appeal to them, and they in mass, and they see each other giving money. And they. But now everybody's at home watching, <laughs> right. and you're appealing to them that way, and then we sent out letters. So, yeah, it went, and that's how we celebrate it. And, listen, I enjoyed it so much. I think this is the wave of the future. Just celebrate everything online. Well, well yeah, and, and you, uh, from that perspective, you have a broader audience, too. Because, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. because people... And uh, the other beauty of it is, in the past, we would record. And then we claim, sometimes, I don't think it always went out there, we would put it on YouTube. Right. For later. But because everything was channeled through our YouTube channel, so for those who are listening to us, if you haven't looked yet, um, United Lutheran Seminary has its own channel. Just type in United Lutheran Seminary, uh, and when you go on YouTube, and you'll see a, a lot of all, most of our chapel services are out there. Okay. And you will see all the events that I just described, Bishop Davenport, Dr. Howard, and the mu- music concert with Cumberbatch, all are still out there online. And so the irony is when I looked at first, it was like two, three hundred people had watched. Uh-huh. Six months later, over a thousand, some people. So, you know, it keeps growing. So right. Now you can keep, and yeah, that's the beauty of it. Um, this this celebration will stay out there in infinity. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and you've uh, incorporated or added uh, uh, interest uh, to the Institute uh, through this uh, through this virtual uh, event, and, Correct. and that's exciting. That's exciting. Uh, uh, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Bishop Davenport, and I I would like to ask where do the students come from uh, in the institute uh, to, uh, to the institute uh, in the in the immediate area, or is it broader than that? Well, yeah. So in the past, it was Philadelphia and community mm-hmm. because all classes were held on campus. Right. Uh, And even when we merged with Gettysburg, it was still mostly Philadelphia-based because the Urban Theological Institute over the years, so let's go back in a little bit in history, uh, when they got fully integrated in the school, um, part of the seminary where it wasn't just a separate institute meeting with classes, that it really was part of the school, happened around 2004, give or take. And We hired Dr. Stephen Ray. Dr. Ray is now president of Chicago Theological Seminary, but he was the uh, Jeremiah A. Wright senior chair at the time, and then he was director of the Urban Theological Institute. And um, he made it part of what we call now the Black Church Concentration. Oh. Um, Yeah, so literally when you see my things, it'll say director of the Urban Theological Institute and Black Church Studies. Because our students, even though we still call them UTI students, they're really just seminary students at ULS in the Black Church Studies program. Oh, so, okay. Um, so I hope that clears that up. And and that's when it really, so now students are part-time or full-time. And um, because of the pandemic, it forced all classes to go online which became the blessing. So students who are interested in the black church concentration can be housed at Gettysburg, yes. they can be housed at Philadelphia, or what we call our distributed learning, which is our 
online students who still live out in places like California or Texas, mm-hmm. but there are students here in Pennsylvania uh, because all the classes meet online. And right. I think that'll be the wave of the future from now on. Oh, yeah. And um, so that's how we get students. So the history was they used to be in the Philadelphia metro area, and now they can be anywhere in the country. Oh, great. That's great. Um, what do you think uh, are the unique features of the Institute? Ooh, dig a little deeper. Push me on that. <laughs> I don't want, that's a broad question. It is. Yeah. And I don't want to. Um, well, what, uh, uh, maybe another way of putting this is what would interest a student in participating in the Institute? Well, first of all, if you are a student who thinks that you will serve a um, primarily African-American community, mm-hmm. you may want to do this. Mm, okay. Theology is a broad subject. Mm-hmm. And um, because of that, some of the things we study from over 2,000 years, you know, theologians from Jesus' time all the way up, um, it's a plethora. It's a lot. Church history, theology. Right. And... Um, if you really want to focus on the black church, you almost need to take a course specific to that because it can't happen in your general theology class or your general church history class. It's too many years of information mm-hmm. to be the focus. So that's the focus. Um, okay. So when you take African-American theology, it's going to be, a, of course, it's a liberation theology, but it's focused toward the African-American community, which is unique. Uh, we say black church, which to me is a broader term. <laughs> right. But when you say African-American, you're very specific, because now you're talking about blacks in the United States. Yes. Who has gone through a unique experience of slavery or enslavement and Jim Crow and civil rights. And and Black Lives Matter now, we show that we're still in a struggle Mm -hmm. 400 years later on this land. Uh, And and you're not going to get that in the regular classroom. Um, And then also worship and preaching. So, you know, you've heard people say, oh, black preaching. Uh, it's so artistic. Well, there, there is a style to black preaching, I would dare say. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it, you, you get to learn that where that's not going to be focused in the other classes. And it's not because they wouldn't want to. It's just too much information on those subjects, so you have to be specific. Right. So we have specific. And another course that we offer is something called African Presence in Scripture. And the power of that is because there are names in the Bible and persons or characters in the Bible, both Old and New Testament, excuse me, my Jewish friend, Hebrew Bible and New Testament. <laughs> right, yes. Um, and these persons are from Africa. Mm-hmm. They are literally African Africans. And, um, and as persons who have been enslaved on this land, we need to hear that about our history. And you can miss that. So African presence in Scripture, I, I, I love that course. Uh, I remember reading recently in Acts, it was talking about Paul, and it said he was with um, so-and-so, the Niger, and another man from um, Libya. And I'm saying Libya because I think it's the Cyrene. Right. And you're looking, it's like, well, both of those locations are on the continent of Africa. Uh uh Uh-huh. And and this is passing scripture, but my point is, you need to know that you're in Scripture. And so I think that's the drawing card. And then, of course, if you're going to serve a community that has 
comes from this environment or background I just discussed, I think it makes you a better pastor, a better preacher, a better teacher, because you've learned something that you can share with them that they can relate right. to. Um, as, as the pastor's informed, uh, the congregation becomes informed as well. Yeah. Um, and um, I would like to ask, well, I want to ask whether uh, you have seen or how have you seen changes in the Institute since you began as director? Uh, oh, man. So I came in in 2009. Um, Dr. Uh, it's in the history book. Oh, wow. I I wrote I helped revise that history and I can't remember <laughs> the year that Dr. Ray left, but I want to say he was gone about a year before I came. Mm-hmm. And so Eloise Scott, uh, Dr. Eloise Scott, we call her Scotty, was interim director, um, and she was really interim director on two occasions because the man I said our late founder um, Jones, yes, he was the director for many years. He passed in '04. I think Dr. Ray came around 0405, but d- before he came, uh, Dr. Jones was sick. So Reverend Scott, she was actually running the institute for him in his sickness. Then after Dr. Ray left to go to Chicago, right. she really held <laughs> it together till I arrived in 09. Now, of course, if you're talking about what has happened since 09, it's basically what I said earlier about being able to offer classes online, which means now we can have students around the country, which is broad-based. You had students, the beauty of this was in Philadelphia area, at least, I may even say Pennsylvania, but I know definitely Philadelphia, I've not seen the black church concentration. So if you went out to ATS or higher theological education, they'll tell you what seminaries have black church studies programs. Right. And it's like I know in ATS we may have like 290 schools, give or take. Right. I dare say the number of schools with black church focus, not counting the historically black you know, seminaries, Yes. which is still a handful because you're still, still talking about less than 10 schools. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's definitely under 50. Ah, right. So we and I'm sure we don't, and in in this city there are several seminaries. When I say city, I'm talking about the metropolitan area of Philadelphia in particular. There are several seminaries, and we're the only one that offers the Black Church focus. Oh, okay. Mm. So that, what does that, say? that yeah, that's an attraction. That's for sure. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, what do you see uh, as we look to the future? Uh, uh, what do you see as your personal goals for the Institute? Have you thought about that uh, for the future? Well, I'm still securing things. I, my, 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 the grown, now I don't know. I think they were up to 50-some students way back in the day when it was a separate institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I arrived, it was only about 22 students in the Black Church concentration. We are back up to... 45 now. Oh, that's and in my heyday, we were over like 55. Um, so, you know, and each year it rotates. Oh, yeah. So I definitely like to see that steady. I, I, I like that we're the largest um, program in the largest concentration at the seminary. Um, but again, um, I want to make sure that funds are always available. Now, the beauty is at the seminary now when we were blessed 
with funds to help all students go to school, it became a major blessing to all students. So you didn't have to be just Lutheran anymore. All students who come to Lutheran seminary are assisted. Uh, but that was not always the case. So right. we raised scholarship funding, and we were limited. We could only raise but so much to help out with books that mm, when you got 50 students, you can't give them free tuition. That's, so that's, too, that's a whole lot. So you know, oh, oh, we just haven't been endowed. And then the other thing is to make sure that the school maintains. So we have something called the Jeremiah A. Wright Endowed Chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's in African American Studies. It's specific to make sure it supports that program. Uh, we are just shy of a million dollars. I would dare say we're over a million dollars as soon as reconciliation is done and we learn what the interest has been earned this past year. Oh, well, that's, uh, that's fantastic. But endowment before used to be $1.2 million. Now they raised my bar, you know, they moved the goalposts and <laughs> uh-huh. say, oh, well, how about $2 million? So I'm at the first million. But when I arrived in '09, so you don't talk about changes, we were only at 400000 uh-huh. Um, and I may have been more, but when I arrived in 09, we had hit the crash market with the stock. And right. It crashed a little bit. So that was the balance then at the end of what happened in 08, 09, stock market. Um, so to be back up to a million is significant. I, I'm proud of that. And who knows? Maybe we can get the next million. Maybe it won't take 12 years. Exactly. Get the next, yeah. Um, so that's the goal, um, so to keep that student population the same and ensure that um, that in chair is in fully endowed. Yeah. Oh, great, great, great. Very good. Um, as you, um, uh, again, as you uh, uh, look to the future, um, do you see any changes in the program as it is structured now? Um, no. And the reason I say no, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way, because we have changed where, you know, you can do things online. So that's a good change. But when I say no, in this case, I'm referring to the course offerings. Okay. Um, because remember, it's part of the seminary. So these particular courses that we are specific to for the concentration are geared toward those who would minister to a predominantly African-American community or context. Mm-hmm. How um, otherwise the seminary will grow and change. So, you know, we used to say all the time, um, people didn't come to seminary and they didn't learn how to do budgets and they get to a church and have to do budgets. They had to learn how to do HR type work because they didn't learn that at seminary. Well, guess what? Now you got to almost be a production manager (laughs) on how to do um, recordings um exactly you know, everything is zoom and online and, and you got to almost tape your own sermons i mean right. it's just a whole <laughs> right. new world exactly yeah. oh well uh i i can't believe that our time uh, we've been talking for a while now and um uh, for those people who are listening to this uh, podcast who might be uh, developing an interest uh, in the uh, Institute, uh, how, how do, can they get in contact with you? Yeah, so the best way, of course, is always uh, to go to our website and to email. Um, so if you were to go under the website for United Lutheran Seminary, which is basically just typing in United Lutheran Seminary and and you hit Google, it comes up, or .edu, you may go directly to our site, and you will see and ask, we're talking, I'm going to try to pull it up so I can almost say what will come up. 
Um, but you'll see the Urban Theological Institute as one of the choices to look at. Oh, okay. Because what I failed to mention to you is that I've only talked about the degree programs, but I have not talked about how the Institute itself offers what we call certificate programs, and that's all out online. Oh, great. So when you um, go to, and I'm looking in the seminary now, yeah, you hit some called certificate program or degree programs oh, okay. under academics, and that's one way to learn about the institute itself. However, to directly reach me, and again, you go to the website because you can go there where it says about and fit faculty and staff directory. Uh, but easiest is just to write the um, email. So you heard um, him say Dr. Robertson. Most of the people here at the school call me Dr. Q. My first name is Quentin, so I'm just Dr. Q. Okay. The email is, yeah, is Q Robertson. So it's Q-R-O-B-E-R-T-S-O-N at U-L-S dot E-D-U. And that is the best way to reach me because I check email multiple times a day. Even when I'm on vacation, I'm checking email. Oh, my. Oh, okay. I'm one of those guys. You're a workaholic? I check it morning, <laughs> noon, and night. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, mentioning those, uh, when you mentioned the certificate programs, then uh, for our listening audience, the program is not only designed for people who are pastors or going to be pastors then. So you, uh, the, the, you have right. various so, people who are interested in theology, not necessarily wanting to be in leadership. Correct. So what happened is we discovered that there were either lay persons mm -hmm. or even what we call lay preachers. Um, in some cases, persons without degrees who still wanted to study theology in church. Right. But they were either ineligible to go to seminary or didn't have the time. So we started a certificate first in church leadership. Then we started a second one in Christian ministry. And in both cases, um, it, we do courses like pastoral care, mm -hmm. Christian education, conflict and church management. That's under the leadership. But then under the Christian ministry, we do Old and New Testament, theology, church history, preaching, and worship. And um, I've had preachers come through it, but mostly lay people come through ah, it. Okay. You know, we use the same textbooks, ironically, that the seminary goes. Mm -hmm. But it is, it's more, and of course, this is now online, so that's the beauty of that, where before you had to come to campus on Saturday morning and meet, that, that that's all over. This is literally, everything is online. And... Um, I actually looking for more students for my certificate program because each year a group will graduate and you always want new ones. That's right, new fall. blood. Yeah. yeah. So good. please look on there. If you go to our website, go to um, Urban Theological, you know, type that in as part, or UTI, right. uh, you'll see more about it. Or again, email me at qrobertson at uls.edu. Okay. Well, I want to thank you, Dr. Robertson, for what sharing your insights into the Urban Theological Institute, or UTI, and uh, and wish you the best for the next 40 years of, of the <laughs> Institute. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you. Thank you so much. My, uh, my guest today has been Dr. Quentin Robertson, who is the director of the Urban Theological Institute. For the Seminary Explorers, this is Nelson Strobert. Have a good day. 
have been listening to The Seminary Explores, a production of United Lutheran Seminary with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. Opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.